Well, hi there, everyone. Hope you are doing well. This is the second in the ordinary 2 Corinthians Bible studies covering 2 Corinthians 1, 12 to 2, 13. Now, this passage might be the most exciting Bible study ever. Uh, it's basically the Apostle Paul defending his change of travel plans. He said he was going to visit them and then decided to write to them instead and visit them later. Well, what can this possibly, how can this possibly be inspiring for our, our growth groups? Well, let's see. First question, what do you think of the Apostle Paul? We probably don't think about this very much, but this was a hot topic in the pages of the New Testament, and in many quarters it remains an issue today. A lot of people do not like Paul, and some of them may be in your group. If there is someone who's a bit down on Paul, by all means ask them why, but it's important in these opening questions that people feel safe to say whatever they think without being opposed. Next question, what did the Corinthians think of the Apostle Paul? Well, the Corinthians and Paul had a tense relationship. It's probably unfair to say every Corinthian had a problem, but we know a significant proportion did. They criticised him when he said he was going to visit, but he didn't. They thought he was after their money. They were less confident in his ministry. They were withholding their affection from Paul. They felt hurt by Paul. Some said Paul was all bark and no bite. And they thought of him to be inferior to the other apostles, to not be a great speaker, and things like that. As you can see, things were a bit tense. The next question is, what does Paul want the Corinthians to boast about and why? Well, he wants them to boast about him, which might seem very strange for our ears. But as we think about it, not because he is needy of affirmation, but to boast in him is to boast in his weakness and therefore to boast in God's strength. Verse 14 says the Corinthians need to see Paul more clearly and do now what they hope to be doing on the last day, that is, boasting of each other, and that is, of their weakness and of Christ's strength. The next question is, what did Paul want to do? Well, what Paul wanted to do in verses 15 to 17 was visit them uh, and, get, uh, and get them to send him on his way to Judea. Now, being sent on his way to Judea means sending money to Judea. The collection for the church in uh, famine was not just a Christian thing to do, but a very important sign of the gospel being for Jew and Gentile together. Corinthians and Gentiles sending money to Jerusalem to help them. Their giving will show that the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile is broken down in Christ. You can see Romans chapter 15, verse 24 to 27, and 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 to 9, to get a bit more of the story there. Next question, what do you think the Corinthians were saying about Paul from verses 15 to 17? Well, the false teachers seem to be interpreting Paul's actions as a way to promote themselves. They seem to be saying Paul was not a man of his word and it was proved when he didn't come to visit them. So you can see that in verses 15 to 17. So then read in the next question, chapter 1, 18 through to 2, verse 4. And the question is, what do you think is the connection between Paul's yes and God's yes? Now, I've got to admit, I'm still trying to get this. 
understand this and I don't really feel like I've grasped it yet. So please pray that I get some clarity before Sunday. That'd be great. Paul seems to be saying his word about visiting them was not an erratic and flighty word. It is, a tr- it is true he wants to see them. It's as true as God is faithful to his word. He says the reason he did not come was to spare them another painful visit. It was wisdom to not visit rather than just erratic, flighty, fickle sort of speech. Because what the false teachers would have been inferring is that if Paul is fickle about what he says about visiting them, then he's probably fickle about his message of the gospel as well. Very important to see the false teachers were not denying Jesus. They were just denying a Paul-like Jesus. They didn't like Paul. They wanted a different Jesus. And that's exactly what Paul was saying they were in danger of. By rejecting him, they were rejecting the true Jesus and therefore easily accepting another Jesus being deceived by the serpent. Paul is saying to the Corinthians, all his words, whether preaching or just in ordinary conversation, are spoken in good conscience with God as his witness. God's yes and his yes are the same. What is the real reason he did not visit them? Well, the real reason is he would it would be a painful uh, visit for them and for him, and he thought it better to write to them before he visits them again. Now have a read of chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, and ask them the question, what do you think the schemes of Satan are? Now this is actually a pretty important passage. Uh, to begin to meditate on. Something has happened to cause grief and there is some person in the congregation that has had to be the recipient of the church's church discipline, but that church discipline has now succeeded and and Paul is saying you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. The purpose of church discipline is reconciliation and repentance, and it seems that has happened. But it seems that this person has somehow hurt Paul, and what that's created is some factions and things like that. Paul in verse 10 says, we need to be, and verse 11 says, we need to be aware that Satan does not outwit the Corinthians, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So what do you think? The question is, what do you think the schemes of Satan are? You can also see chapter 7, verses 8 to 13. And it seems to me that the schemes of Satan in the church in Corinth in particular was division, self-righteousness and unforgiveness. It seems someone has hurt Paul and by implication those Corinthians who loved Paul, whether they are a majority or a minority, I don't know, And this seems to have created division in the church. Now, the majority of the Corinthians' exercise of church discipline has worked. Now it's time to welcome this man back. Paul says if they have forgiven, then he is forgiven too. Now, you need to also read uh, 2, chapter 5, verse 11, but also read chapter 7, verses 8 to 13, where Paul returns to this situation. So it's a significant situation I'm still trying to grasp it. We're only on one side of the telephone call, really. We're only hearing Paul's side. We can't hear what's going on in the Corinthians, but we've got some picture of it anyway. 
The final two questions are, how do you see Satan at work in the Corinthian church? And we'd say two things, the disparaging of Paul and the creating of factions. So Paul is Christ's apostle and Satan was successfully casting doubt in the Corinthians' mind about the true apostleship of Paul and so getting them to follow his apostles. And so Paul will say later on, chapters 11 and 12, that if Satan masquerades as an angel of light, it's no surprise that so do his servants. It's pretty hard stuff. Uh, be good to ref reflect even with our own experience about Satan at work and to be aware and guarding against it. So how should we regard Paul? In the end, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. He is our apostle. He is the one through whom we understand Jesus. So, friends, it's the, the Corinthians is a thick book. I don't mean thick in the sense of lots and lots of pages, but thick in the sense of lots and lots of ideas and words and thick emotionally. And so when you read it over the passage over once, you may think, what's going on? There's too many things happening. Let's keep reading it together. Let's keep working at it because we're absolutely convinced that the word of that the two Corinthians is the word of God and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, training, and correcting in righteousness. And so let's work at this. It may just seem like travel plans and some divisions here, but what's going on? Let's ask God to help us to understand. Uh, may the Holy Spirit take his holy word and make us holy as we learn it together. All right, hopefully everything goes well, and we'll talk again soon. See ya.